Hi, I'm Sophia, a founder and mother. This podcast is all about empowering mums who are ready to launch and grow businesses without the overwhelmed stress and confusion. Join me and some very special guests as we share game-changing tools, tips and actionable strategies designed to give mums ownership over their futures. If you're looking for freedom and flexibility for your family, you'll find it here at the Founder and Mother podcast. All the show notes and resources we talk about in each podcast episode can be found over at founderandmother.com, which is also where you can get more information on our business launch and growth courses, which are designed exclusively for mums. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Founder and Mother podcast. I feel like I always start by saying I'm so excited to be here, but um, this time represents time when my son's asleep or yeah, basically in the evening he's asleep um, and I get a bit of time just to kind of talk to you. So I am actually always quite excited to be here, um, especially so today because I'm going to be finalizing or going through the second part of the how to build your own website little mini series that I've done. So last episode was part one um, and in that part we covered off everything to do with laying the best foundation possible before you actually start to build because I think that People think it's quite overwhelming and it kind of is when you start to look at platforms. Do I need to have this functionality? Don't need to have that. These things start to cost money. Most of the platforms that you'll use to build a website have like a monthly subscription. And so you want to make sure you've made the right decision. And that is why the first part of the series is so critical because in it, we talk about what the goals of of your website are. Therefore, what actual content needs to be on the website um, and and how you can kind of bring that to life with images. So if you haven't listened to the first episode, then um, I definitely would suggest it. This one is still relevant. um, But before you start to put anything into action, I probably would listen to the first one so that you get that complete picture. Because, yeah, we're trying to have a really strong strategy that we've got now when we go into this next stage of building our website, which is thinking about which platforms do we want to use how are we going to have our brand come to life through imagery and graphics on the website that's going to really help set us apart and reinforce that tone of voice and the values that we've spoken about before? And what can we do in terms of optimizing our website to make sure that our customers can find us on search engines like Google? And so that is going to be the uh, that's going to be what we're covering today in the second part of the Build Your Website series. And I am super excited to kick into it. So let's go. Okay, so before I start talking about which platforms you might want to use to build your website, I just want to preface that the whole concept behind Founder and Mother and specifically this Build Your Website series is the concept that things can happen cheaper, really cheaply, really simply and really easily. And so whilst there is, you know, if you're building like a huge website or if you were kind of rebranding or redoing a website, then there might be like lots of different options that you think about in that sense. The goal of this podcast is to really think about we've got a mum who's got a great business idea, she's thought through a business plan, and now she wants to bring that idea to life via a website. So it's it's their first website. Um, And it's one that we want the mum to be able to do on her own. And so that's going to be really the preface of what I'm talking about in terms of which platforms you could use. I also think thinking about what platforms to use to host your website or build your website is a really overwhelming topic. And it's something that has been covered to death. There are so many resources available which will help you compare two different platforms or two different website builders. And that's awesome. And I think that if you're really interested in that, um, and you should do extra research, 
but people don't come to this website to be given loads and loads of options and no kind of decisions or actions. And so I'm going to, in this episode, just tell you which which podcast, sorry, which platform you need to use to build your website. Because I think that if I give you that information, you can obviously then go off and decide whether or not you think I'm correct. <laughs> um, but I want to give you a basis of why I think you should use the different types of website builders, because I have used a few quite a lot. When I say a few, I mean a lot. Um, and I know the kind of ins and outs of them and what we kind of need to achieve those different goals. So um, bear with me when I kind of give you this information. And as I said, please do your own research, but I'm just going to hit you with the straightforward, no overwhelm, this is what you need to do, action style that I hope you get from me usually. So in the previous episode, we spoke about what the goal of your website is. Now, there are kind of like, I could break that down into kind of two categories, if you like. So one category would be an e-commerce website. So you are selling a product. Someone will go onto your website. They'll see beautiful product pages with descriptions. They'll be able to add numbers of what they want to a cart, check out, pay, and then receive um, updates about that where their shipping is at, confirmations, et cetera, et cetera. That's an e-commerce site. The other side, we have a kind of bucket of types of websites, is a site that doesn't actually sell anything. So people don't pay money on that site, but it would be talking about the services that you offer, but then they may need to kind of, the transaction of that payment happens elsewhere. Um, or you are a community, so you are building like a blog, for example. So I guess basically, do you need to take money? Don't you need to take money? So let's go to the first one. Um, if you need to sell a product, if you're an e-commerce website, then you're going to need a Shopify site. There are other types of e-commerce website platforms that you can get. Shopify is the by far the easiest. It requires very, very little um, technical knowledge. It's so intuitive. It really does lay it all out. It will give you the option to have um, a great website which talks about who you are as a brand and what your business is and the Contact Us page, all those pages that don't sell things. And a huge way to a really great breadth of options for managing your stock, the product descriptions, um, uh, abandoned carts. It's got a really good email, um, automated email series as well. So if people put things in their cart and then don't check out, you can send an email. If people haven't been on back onto the site for 24 hours or 48 hours, you can send an email. It also manages that whole fulfillment side of things. So letting customers know that they're always been received, when it's been shipped, giving them tracking details. Um, all of that kind of stuff. It manages absolutely everything end to end and it is really, really intuitive to use. I won't say easy because you obviously need to kind of learn it, um, but it's very intuitive. The support services are awesome. Um, they get back to you straight away. There's a live chat. There's so many resources to watch in terms of how to make product descriptions and that kind of stuff. So if you've got an e-commerce site, you're going to need a Shopify website. Um, when you log on to Shopify, you'll see, so Shopify pricing, they will charge you a monthly fee to have the website. And then they will also take a percent of every transaction that you make. Um, it will be based on how much you, with the plan that you decide to go on, will kind of indicate, will let you know, obviously, how much you'll be paying on each transaction. And obviously, the volume of sales will make a difference. If you're, um, you know, a huge brand, I'm not saying that you want to go and do a Shopify site, but as again, as I mentioned at the start, we're talking about our first step into kind of selling online and having a digital presence and Shopify is great for that. When you log on, you'll see they have a whole library of templates so you can look at stores that you think look really nice. You can go in there, upload your brand colors and fonts and things, and it will make that website look like how you want it to look. And then you can go in and kind of finesse and pop in some of the copy. So e-commerce site, we're going to go with Shopify. 
if you don't have to sell products, if you're a service, if you are a blog, if you have a community that you're building, you're going to need a, you're going to use a Squarespace to build your website. Now, there are lots of different website builders, and one of them that you might have heard called WordPress. WordPress actually do have um, a commerce plugin that you can add on called WooCommerce. My experience with WordPress is that it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I have most of my websites on WordPress, but it requires a bit more technical skill or it requires that you have um, an additional product that you pay for, which kind of sits over the top of the technical part of WordPress to make it a bit more easy for non-technical people like you and I. Um, And so it ends up being quite a lot more expensive and it may be a good option in the long run. But at the start, as I said before, we're MVP, we're cheap, easy, fast Squarespace is going to give us what we need to be able to understand what pages are important to customers, what does work, what doesn't work. So Squarespace, um, unlike Shopify, or like Shopify, you will pay a monthly fee, but you won't pay obviously any percentage on top of that based on like views or anything like that at all. It's just a flat fee you pay every month. And they also have a huge, absolutely massive template library. Some templates are free, some you pay for, you just pay annually for the template. Um, you can go in again, pop in all your brand colors, and so it will populate the template that you pick with all the colors and all the fonts that you want. Again, you just drag and drop things around. You know, if you are kind of even mildly savvy on your computer, you would definitely be able to use Squarespace. And again, they have heaps and heaps and heaps of resources so that you could have a look, tutorials, that kind of stuff. Um, so I hope now we've had the plan, we know what we need the, the website to achieve, we've got that structure in terms of what the pages need to look like and we have that um, the imagery that we spoke about last time as well. Now we know which platform we're going to use. So the next step would be to think about how we're going to populate those templates with our brand colours and how we're going to make it really come to life. And this is where I want to talk about Canva. So I should, actually, I feel like I should just say none of this is obviously sponsored. <laughs> Um, it's just my opinion um, and this is just some of the tech like the tools that I've used helping founders before I'm just passing it on so it's absolutely completely authentic um, yeah so let's talk about Canva um, it's so funny I was looking at something online the other day and it was talking about how um, it wanted a, this person wanted to work with a marketing manager that knew how to use Photoshop and I just thought it's so redundant nowadays like there really isn't unless you're doing like huge billboards you know that require like pixel perfectness in you know massive sizing there's no reason why you couldn't use canva for anything marketing related and it is the biggest hack when it it comes to thinking about what your website will look like so um all the templates that you use whether that's shopify or squarespace template will have different styling options obviously you can change all the colors change all the pictures you can move things around you can add some type sometimes you can add some like graphical elements um but you obviously want to have a bit more freedom in terms of like size of images or you might want to edit images or you might want to put an image of something on that you don't have a photo of like a graphical element for example like um, on the founder and mother website we have quite a lot of like squiggles and things so I just created all of that in Canva so Canva has a free and a paid subscription absolutely the free one is fine the pro is like $20 um, New Zealand a month um and it gives you a lot more opportunity. There's a lot more variety. There's way more um, options, especially if you use a lot of their templates. But the free one's probably fine, you know, at the start. Definitely fine to have a play around with. Um, Canva has a template for everything. Like I would challenge you to type in 
a, a piece of content that you're creating that it hasn't got a template for. And the best part about Canva, and I, I don't know how well it's used, but something that I really use is that it's got what's called a brand hub. I think that might only be on the paid, uh, the paid subscription, but basically you go in there, you enter all of the brand colors that you've got, your brand fonts, anything to do with the brand or your logos. And then when you find a template of something that you like, it will automatically pull in all of your assets. So it straight away looks like your brand. And when I say template, I mean, it's got a template for, you know, it's got not, not a, it's got like millions, probably more than that. Templates for social media, templates for banner images on websites, templates with little GIFs or little moving images. It's got templates for videos, anything you want for social media, anything for a website. I actually think it's got a website builder in there, which you could pretend I've never used that before, so I can't um, recommend it, but I'm sure it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so once your website, you've got your pages of your website, you've got the builder open and you're editing it, I definitely have a look in Canva and start to think, they probably even have a web page template that you could have a look at and, and copy and download. Um, it's so awesome. Any documents that need to go on your website, like on the founder and mother website, I have quite a few PDFs or like templates that I give people like actual works like worksheets so I've created a template for that in Canva and I just duplicate it and edit it anytime I create some new content for people so that's all branded up it looks like founder and mother very hopefully you think it looks very professional um but that's all created in Canva I download it as a pdf and I upload it to the website like it's so simple so I really want really would recommend looking into Canva I really um can't see why I'd love to be challenged, as always. You would need to pay anybody for graphic design, apart from your logo, definitely logo. Um, you, you, you might want to pay. I mean, you don't have to, but that's probably where you would might you might want to pay for. But everything else should be able to do yourself on Canva or, you know, yeah, I, I really think you can <laughs> I think you can do it yourself. I'm sure you can do it yourself. Um, so you just download whatever it is you create in Canva and upload it to your website. Super simple and will really give you a really professional, branded look kind of straight away. So we've got our platform, we've got some awesome graphics and some images and, you know, uh, banner images that we've created and templates and guides and things if we need them. The final thing that we need to think about with our website is optimizing it so that it can be searched by um, Google. Okay, so if you follow my Instagram, I did a story about this recently, but the thing that I will preface this SEO or search engine optimization talk with is that it's critical that when you're building a website, you include some strategies for SEO that I'm going to talk you through. But I want you to know that just because you do those things, they're kind of like a baseline. Like what I'm going to say now is like the minimum that you need to do in order for Google to show your site. It isn't a strategy that's going to like bring you loads and loads and loads of customers straight away. SEO is a long game. Um, you can kind of bypass some of that long game with doing things like Google Ads, but that's another topic. Um, so it's not something that's going to be like game changer straight away, but if you don't do it, you will absolutely notice the difference. I mean, you won't come up in a Google search, which is absolutely critical to a business. So the first thing you want to do when you think about SEO is we want to nail, and ideally it's like five or six hugely popular or the, the best keywords that we can that your customers are going to use to search for a business like yours. So for founder and mother, um, they might search online courses or entrepreneur courses. Um, I haven't actually done the keyword research for founder and mother yet, so I should do that. But um, we basically want to capture what the keywords are 
that we want people to use when they search for the website. So one way you can do this is there's a free tool called Google Keyword Planner where you can actually, I think you can put your URL in and it will give you some keywords. But you can put in there, so say, you know, you sold nappies, um, you might put in some different things like that and it will give you some keywords and it will tell you the volumes of searches. And so we want those ones that have the high volumes. It will also give you some insight into the competitors that you might have in that area. And there are some paid tools that you can use. You might have heard something like SEM Rush. Um, probably don't need to get into that for now because all we're trying to do is understand what are the top phrases or the top keywords that people are going to use and then we want our site to show up on that Google search. And as I said, SEO is like a longer game and there's some really important strategies that we can kind of evolve on, but this is the baseline. So once you have those five or six keywords or phrases, we want to try and incorporate them in an authentic way. Our website is just going to be online courses, online courses, online courses, online courses everywhere. We want to talk about it in an authentic way, but make sure that it does use those phrases because we've got content on our website and products on our website that we know solve problems for people. So we don't want it to be hidden away from them, but we also don't want to kind of go overboard. And you you will you will all know of an example of a website that just does not sound very authentic at all. It sounds like a robot's written it, and that is the opposite of what we want. I can't imagine anybody's tone of voice is like, like a robot. So the, key, the, the number one phrase that you really want to use, like the most obvious phrase to do with your business is probably something you're going to have like in your, um, it might not be the big header of your website because that's probably going to be a bit more of like a marketing message. So an example is on the founder of the website, the big message at the top is empowering mums to create and grow businesses they love. Now, there's probably no keyword, business might be um, a keyword, well, it is a keyword, but that sentence itself, no one's typing that into Google. But underneath it, I've got online courses for mums. Like, that's probably the bigger keyword phrase. Um, and so same with, with you, the big you know, overarching marketing message needs to be much more emotive and values driven and relatable. But in the next header, so these are called to the big overall one would be called what we would refer to as a H1 or a header one. And then the next one is a header two. So we just want to make sure that across one of those, we've got some of those keywords. And then obviously making sure that on every page, we've kind of interspersing them um, throughout some of the copy and the text. And a really good way to do this would be if you are using images on those pages is to make sure that you actually put descriptions. So when you upload an image to Squarespace, there's an option to put a description next to it. So always do that because obviously Google can't read an image in terms of like, oh, that's an image of a woman. Although I say it can't, it probably can. It never used to be able to like read what the image was, so you needed to put the description. So very good to do that. And it's a good way to make sure that you have that text on the page as well because it kind of sits behind it in terms of the back end of the website. Um, and you're just making sure that it's kind of written throughout as well as much as possible. And um, another thing that you can do is to give that page a description. So in both Shopify and Squarespace, under the settings of any page you create, they'll have an SEO section and you can put in a description. So if you had a website, if you had the page um, on a website which was about um, uh, about the, the founder, for example, or about the about us site, it wouldn't have the same description as the home page because it's a different, it's got different copy. Um, so you could put a different description in there. It's really important, even though I've said that there are these top five or six phrases or keywords, that we're not just duplicating information across every single page because Google knows when you do that. So we want the information about what that page is to be, you know, we basically want that to be what helps somebody find the page. We want the page descriptions and the copy on there to be relevant to that page and relevant to your business. And it's not just like one 
um, set of, you know, keywords in a paragraph that we've got every single page. That That isn't what it is. And that doesn't seem authentic to a customer. So always think about what the customer would want to read, first of all. And then let's see how we can optimize that to make sure that Google reads it. Um, so about images. Um, the other little tip is that um, although Canva is awesome and you can create loads of graphics and if you've got a, a, a product that requires a bit of explanation and you might have made like a, gra- a graph or a chart or something that's got text in it in Canva and you've put it in as an image, Google can't read that text, as I said. So definitely where possible, just use images as images. And if you can have actual live text, Google can scan that much better. So when you've got your SEO optimized um, and made sure that you've checked through, there'll be settings for SEO on both of the platforms or any platform um, on Squarespace and on Shopify and on WordPress. There are things as well that you can do, like it's a bit more advanced on WordPress. Um, So I definitely suggest checking out the resource for Shopify and Squarespace, which tell you how to optimize the SEO specifically on those websites. Um, The last thing you're going to want to do is when your website is just about ready to launch, you're you're going to want to put it through. Um, Google Search Console. So you just type in Google Search Console into Google. Um, if you've got your Gmail, if you're logged in, as, in it, it's super simple to set up. You just literally paste the URL of your website in and it can take up to 24 hours, but it will then start to have Google scan your website so that the information that's on there will come up under those searches. So when you're just about ready to go, that's when you want to do your Search Console, get that ready. Um, and then that's what that that search console will be a good resource in the future as well to see which keywords are and aren't working. And the biggest benefit of building this website yourself in terms of SEO is that when you see new keywords or when we see if keywords aren't performing very well or there are new phrases that people are using to get to your website, we can start to incorporate them because we know how to edit the copy. We wrote it. We put it in there. We did it all of ourselves. We did it all by ourselves. So it's not like if you were to go to someone that helps you build a website and you need to kind of go back to them constantly, you're in the driver's seat. You can control what's on each page. You can see how things work and don't work. You can make edits from there. And I definitely will do an episode on how to review our websites and how to make sure that they're working. So like our testing and learning um, and experimental phase with the website. Um, and that's that might be the next one that I do. But um, I hope that that's been helpful. I feel like it's a lot of information that I've tried to distill on purpose into like 15 or 20 minutes to make sure that you guys have the opportunity to kind of hear um, stuff that I think is really important. And then obviously you can go off and do a bit of research. The first part, we should have had that really good strategy. The second part, we know the key parts about how we're going to build our website. Um, And so after this, the goal is that you can start to experiment and, um, and set those websites live and see what your customers think, see how they're engaging with it and go from there. All right. Thanks, guys. It's been awesome to talk to you today and I'll be back soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Founder and Mother podcast. A reminder that you can download any templates or tools mentioned at founderandmother.com and also join the mailing list for other insights and resources to help you on your journey. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It really does go a long way in helping me reach more mums just like you.